You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, the PR firm that specializes in music tech. And we've got another great NAM episode. Last week, you heard some of the early interviews and demos that we got during Media Day. But we spent the next three days running around, meeting all the cool innovators. Eleanor Rust, our marketing director, and Travis Feaster, our new business manager, and I pounded the pavement and found all the nooks and crannies of the coolest stuff. And we captured tons of audio. But don't miss our other NAM episodes. We've already published a couple of great interviews with NAM veterans, Laura Davidson of Sure and Heather Farr Edwards of Reverb, and got some great insights around the gear marketplace. And we put together an episode of more mind-blowing conversations and demos. Um, You probably heard last week when we interviewed Wavy Wayne and we talked with the guy that did the kinky guitar frets. That was fun. This week, we've got another amazing uh, set of interviews and demos, starting with Corey Banks, founder of ModBap Modular. And I can't wait for you to hear his story. Um, And we'll mix all sorts of other things in there. You'll hear uh, demos from all over the show floor, including the Polish synth maker and NAM Best of Show winner, Polyend. We've got new features of Record Box from Pioneer DJ and so much more. Here we go. Hey, this is Corey Banks. I'm the founder of ModBap. Hey, Corey. It's great to meet up with you here at NAMM. What is ModBap? ModBap is uh, sort of like fusion music, right? It's a term that I coined, made up uh, to kind of denote my experimentation with modular synthesis and boom bap uh, beat making. So it is literally modular boom bap. And what is the ModBap device that I'm looking at here? So the ModBap device that you're looking at, it's actually several devices. I have six um, Eurorack modular synths that I've developed and brought to market. Um, my first product was the Performer, which is a, a quad performance effects unit. It has four different performance effects in it, the delay, the reverb, the beat repeat, and the tape stop, right? And uh, really like DJ style uh, um, uh, effects. And you you initiate each of the effects by pressing an arcade button, and everybody wants to press those arcade buttons, right? It looks different than any other modular synth with those big plastic, I know they click when you touch them, right? That's right, right. Well, actually, no, these actually (laughs) don't click. I made sure to get the ones that are clickless. Nice. And they're rated for one million presses or something like that, which, I don't know, whatever. You you could slap those things around for years, and they'll probably keep on taking it. But, yeah, they're they're really nice. It's a a fun little module to kind of allow you to touch your music and, you know, really kind of get tactile with it. Right, that's cool. It makes it look different than anything else. Koi, it's really interesting to hear you describe these because I've been running around the trade floor here at NAMM and I feel like the way that you are expressing how they can be used is is very uh, it's very clear to me, even though I'm not a highly technical person. I come up to these modular synthesizers and I look at all the wires and I'm like, I don't even know where I would start here. But right. it's really interesting to hear you break down each one. What I, and also, it's beautiful, too. You've got crazy pants colors that I'm uh, known <laughs> for with the pink and the blue, and it's really beautiful. No doubt. But also, as you're talking about it, it makes me think 
there's something behind how you created these that, that goes beyond what I've heard from other creators here, inventors here. What's your story? How did you get into electronic music? Yeah, yeah. And how did you, what, what's your path to be, becoming the uh, creator of the mod uh, bop system? Well, um, so I, I've always been involved in hip hop. I've always, uh, you know, I started out as an MC, then went into beat making because I needed to make my own beats at some point. Um, and so doing that, beat making became my passion and I just kind of kept going and doing that sort of thing. But beyond that, you know, there's always been this duality that I live, right? So there was a point when we were performing a lot and I said, yo, bro, I can't be a broke musician. I got to go, I'm going to go to school. So I literally went and got a degree in electronics. Mm. And, uh, and my thinking was, we are, it's the 90s. And I'm like, we're in a studio. Somebody's going to have to fix all of this stuff. So I'm going to go to school and learn how to fix it. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that took me into IT, but then I'm sitting here with this electronics degree. And all the time, being a hip-hop uh, performer and a beat maker and all of these different things, eventually all of that stuff sort of converged where I started blogging at B-Boy Tech Report and I started doing reviews. It was just like a domino effect of these things. So B-Boy Tech Report, what was that? bboytechreport.com um, was a blog and it probably still is, but I don't maintain it as much anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's a blog that where I, I, I blogged about uh, music technology from a hip hop perspective. Amazing. Right, and that was literally all of my worlds converging. Through that, I started doing a lot of reviews and making relationships with a lot of companies like uh, drum machine companies and synthesizer companies, and I even became a beta tester. So that started giving me the confidence to know that like, yo, as a beta tester, some of my features end up in these machines. And that's not a negative thing, like that's a huge, that's like bragging rights, like yo, that thing that you use, that's me. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, and nobody will ever know that sort of thing, right? But um, just little features and stuff like that. So I started keeping a, a notebook of, of different designs and things that I dreamed of. And that literally was the notebook that has all of these things that I've described to you in, in my product lineup, yeah. had all of those things in there. And uh, eventually I got an opportunity with the day job that I was at where they wanted to move me across country and uh, give me a promotion. And, and I didn't want to move across country. So the alternative was to give me a, a severance package. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I didn't expect that. But what I did is I bet on me. And I used the severance package to invest in ModBap Modular. And we'd already started, I'd already been making ModBap music and kind of building a community around it. And so I just kind of used that as seed money to, to go into business, making my own products. So you took your own kind of style, your own genre that you were creating and built an instrument so yeah. other people could start to think that way as well. That's right. That's so right. it's infused in everything you described. Exactly. And Amazing. that's why when you hear me describe it, it, it literally is like all of that is kind of built into the thing. That's my passion. That's I how it. I roll with it. I love it. I love yeah. finding people like you at NAMM because yeah. it's so creative. It's within the musical instrument side, but it's also from that creative side as well where you've been a student of the industry, explored yeah. it, and, and woven it into your pathway. But right. you know what we haven't done is we haven't heard this thing. You think we could hear yeah, a little bit of yeah, this? Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Okay.
that's the drum module. So basically, I just kind of have a sequence going through it. That's the drum module. It it has a huge array of sounds that it can make, but I just kind of keep it simple with a kick, snare, hi-hat for now, right? And But, you know, that's the drum module. That's Trinity. And so now I'll go ahead and kind of demo a little bit of uh, Osiris, which is the wavetable oscillator going through Meridian, the filter. Nice. That was cool. A little something. 
So yeah, typically, so what I was just doing is just playing an ARP off of a keyboard. And typically what I'm using this stuff with is my MPC. And that's my tool of choice because I can get right down into the grooves that I'm trying to get into and I can create these huge soundscapes and these rhythms from the drums that are really, uh, you know, boom bap and just, you know, rhythmical. And so that's my tool of choice, but here we're going straight off the rack and using arps and stuff just to kind of give you an idea of what it sounds like. It was great, and all the cacophony of, of Nam, we got to go to space, which is very music tectonic. So, Corey, thanks for, for bringing that to us, and no thanks doubt. for joining us on the uh, Music Tectonics podcast. It's uh, Corey Banks with ModBap. How do people find out? If somebody wants to pick one of these up, where do they go? Sure, you can go to modbap.com, M-O-D-B-A-P.com. But I'm also carried in 40, 45, maybe 50 stores across the globe, including the biggest retailers like uh, Sweetwater, and Perfect Circuit, or anywhere that anybody buys modular stuff, I'm probably, ModBap is probably there. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at ModBapModular, uh, and yeah. Amazing, so glad we got to meet you, thanks so much. Thanks for stopping by, I appreciate you, man. Hey, this is Matt Play with Pioneer DJ, I'm Product Specialist and Artist Relations. Awesome, so Matt, what are some of the interesting new technologies emerging in uh, DJ equipment, and uh, how Pioneer DJ is giving new creative tools to DJs. Yeah, so the big new thing uh, that everybody's excited about is track separation and step stem separation. We just uh, launched Recordbox 6.7, which uh, allows you to isolate the vocals and the drums and the instruments, um, which is super cool. So if you want to just get an acapella and then put it over the musical bed of a totally different track and maybe mute the acapella of that track, you can do that. So on-the-fly mashups, and it's really uh, groundbreaking and cool to see this technology emerge like the whole stem separation is uh, super revolutionary. Yeah, I think a lot of people when they hear a remix, they just assume there's a lot going on in the studio. You can go back, redo things in a DAW, drop things out, drop things in. But now this is becoming like the interfaces are becoming so uh, user friendly. You can actually do this on the fly when you have 10,000 people listening. Yeah, it actually happens in the software in real time. When you load the deck, it analyzes and separates the three different parts and just gives you real time control. So you you can uh, apply effects just to the vocal or just to the drums if you like and uh, it's just crazy the uh, possibilities um, in the production world uh, I'm super excited about it um, because now you can remix basically any song if you can't find the instrumental of a track or the uh, acapella of a track that you want to remix uh, with the modern day processing power and technology you can you can do that easily Awesome. Are there any other emerging uh, products or features that maybe our listeners haven't heard about yet? Um, yeah, so the DJM A9 is our latest uh, four-channel flagship club mixer. Um, it's the latest version of a long line of mixers starting all the way back since the mid-90s of the, the DJM 500. Uh, it has a lot of new features on it, uh, not only for the modern DJ, but also we've recognized that it's utilized in studio situations a lot. 
and uh, live streaming. Uh, we were actually working on developing the product during the pandemic, and everybody was live streaming the entire DJ industry. But we knew, even though the pandemic was likely to end, that uh, live streaming is probably going to be a bigger part of the DJ industry uh, than ever before. Uh, and it really has proven to be the case. Live streaming is so exciting uh, in so many ways. And um, so we put a lot of features in that mixer that really makes it excel in studio and live streaming events, not only club events. So like, for instance, uh, we added phantom power, which normally you would never want phantom power. You would never want to use a condenser mic in a club situation. But in a studio situation, um, people would always need to pull out another mixer and just uh, really complicate the setup. But now in studio situations and live streams, you can use a condenser mic. And we really like enhance the channel strip and, and enhance a lot, uh, a lot of the recording features. If you want to record uh, just the performance without recording your speaking on the mic, maybe you're doing a live stream and you're really engaging your crowd uh, on the mic throughout your set, but you only want to record the musical part, you can do that. So, uh, so we really put a lot of emphasis on that. And we really, in the product planning uh, uh, department, always just get gather tons of feedback from tons of artists we have a strong network of artists all over the world and we have product planning departments uh, and all the different continents and we gather all this feedback and we compile it all together and we really try to make a product that's going to be successful on a global scale and um, so I'm super excited the a9 it's really uh, it's a it's advanced and refined is what we say because with our industry standard product you can't totally reinvent the wheel a lot of people are depending on things and they make their careers off uh, certain the products behaving a particular way so it's a really uh, interesting balance of introducing new features and new requests but not messing with the way things have always behaved and keeping a lot of things uh, uh, similar to the way it, they always have been so that the a9 I feel like is uh, super exciting in that way All right, I want to ask you if somebody's just going to try DJing for the first time, what product would you point them to? And then if somebody is maybe using a whole different line already, but they, they're like ready for like the highest level, what product should they be looking at? So let's start with the beginner. Uh, so for the beginner, um, we have we have it sort of broken down into two categories. We have two styles of products. We call one style the scratch style, and that's where people take turntables and turn them 90 degrees and using like a, a two-channel mixer. And then we also have what we call club style, which is typically two to four-channel mixer, uh, and the seat, the platter is kind of oriented uh, normal, like a, a turntable in a normal horizontal format. So I typically would ask the person, are like, who are their favorite DJs? Are they really trying to go after that scratch style or more of the club style um, but we have entry-level products that meet those two different styles uh, we have the DDJ Rev 1 and we also which is more of the scratch style and then we have the uh, DDJ Flex 4 which is more of the club style um, and both of them would be great entry points that can uh, if you learn the muscle memory of that product you're on your way to like moving up the tier in products and getting to the flagship product uh, in those two different realms, the scratch style or the club style. Um, and those are great entry products to just get you started in that, in that direction. 
So I suppose your answer for the uh, for the kind of the leveling up part will also have two categories, huh? Yeah, and actually there's even a third car, uh, category that we call the creative style, which is where the DJM V10 comes in, and that's like for the uh, hybrid types DJ sets where people are maybe incorporating drum machines, synthesizers, remixing on the fly, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so we have the DJM V10 for that, which is a six-channel mixer. It's almost like a blend of a live PA console with like a DJ performance uh, style features as well. But um, yeah, in the scratch style, the uh, DJM S11 is our flagship product. Uh, that's a two-channel mixer that works with Serato, um, has all the uh, performance pads on it and the performance uh, controls that you would need to control the software um, and then on the club style uh, you would be looking at like the DJMA 9 or the CDGA 3000s as your players for that so you've been to NAM a bunch of times, right? Yeah, uh, even I've been to NAM. I think this is my seventh year for Pioneer DJ. But even before then, I used to work for a uh, store in Chicago that used to send me to uh, scout for new products and things. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, what are like somebody's never been here that's maybe taking on a role similar to yours? What are the most exciting things, or what do you get the most out of NAM? Uh, you know. <laughs> Honestly, I've been doing it for so many years. I love uh, just reuniting with all my industry friends from because I've met so many different people from different companies and, and uh, different territories. And this is always kind of like where everybody kind of reunites. So that's always a, a fun part of it. But from the product standpoint, you know, I'm a music production sort of synthesizer uh, type of guy. So I love to always sort of like browse that area. I'm really into like pro audio, like audio interfaces. And it's just super fun to like, you know, interact with the, the brands themselves it's a lot different than uh, going to a store and just trying to hope that the product is going to be on demo uh, you're actually uh, getting to visit with the people who design the products um, and the people in charge of the global sales of the products and um, there's always like new innovative products we like to find emerging technologies and other sort of industry music industries and, and think of how we could maybe bring this into the DJ realm so we're always uh, look at it is an opportunity to scout uh, because you know you've you've got uh, all the different musical industries here from like violins to drums to pianos to audio interfaces to DJ uh, and everything so we like to look at everything and try to like make note of the interesting things that we found and um, and bring that into our product planning we always do a product planning wrap-up meeting at the end of the NAM show where we kind of share everything we found and uh, and yeah it's just uh, an exciting uh, place to be if you're like a nerd for this type of uh, this type of product one last question then I'll let you go Matt sure. so if you're if you have that mindset like you you're looking for that innovation that emerging technology the first time I came to NAM I was like I, where is everybody you know like you, it's kind of scattered where do you go to try to find that stuff um, you know, it's kind of changed over the years, but typically things are sort of clustered together, like uh, certain industries, like a lot of times the synthesizer stuff will be in one area and like maybe like the audio interface, pro audio stuff will be in one area. I haven't really had a chance to run the show uh, this year, but typically like uh, downstairs in the uh, basement is where like all the, the Chinese brands would like uh, have where you can find like really affordable versions of like say LED discs displays or speakers and uh, where a lot of uh, stores can find these uh, lines of really good product at a very affordable uh, price um, so I know uh, 
typically I would like to try to get down to the basement and see what sort of interesting new uh, brands I can discover uh, down there. But it's really a huge show and it, it sort of changes a little bit every year. But typically, like I said already, like a lot of the uh, products are sort of clustered together. So That's Matt Play with Pioneer DJ. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Take care. This stuff is great. We have to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more from the NAM trade show floor. Hey, it's Shaylee here. Huge news. Music Tectonics conference badges are on sale now at musictectonics.com. If you act now, you can grab one of our super limited, super early bird rate badges. It's the best price for the best music tech event of the year. Your badge unlocks three amazing days of connecting with music tech innovators in Santa Monica, California, October 24th to 26th. We're busy planning high energy panels, insightful keynotes, a startup pitch competition, innovative exhibitors, networking, and more. What, you're not already ready to buy your badge? Then sign up for our mailing list to get updated on programming, speakers, and exclusive discounts. It's all at musictectonics.com. Now back to the show. Hi, my name is Daniel Murphy. I'm with Sales and Marketing and Electro Harmonics. Awesome, Dan, thanks for taking the time to talk with me. As our listeners can hear, we're, we're in the thick of it. NAM just started, but the hubbub is happening. For our listeners who aren't familiar with Electro Harmonics, how do you describe it to people? Uh, so Electro Harmonics is a pedal effects company for guitar, but bass guitars, synthesizers, um, created by Mike Matthews in 1968, one of the originators of guitar effects. Um, you know, a lot of notable people have played our effects from Jimi Hendrix, David Gilmour, Kurt Cobain, John Frusciante, you know, the list goes on and on. So he's um, a forefather when it comes to guitar effects. So, uh, and we're continuing to, you know, try to change the landscape of what effects are today. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so what, what, like, in the current landscape of effects, what's electroharmonics known for now? Um, I, I think a lot of what it was known for back then, which is innovation. Mike continues to kind of, you know, push the envelope, and he's constantly coming out with really unique things, and I think that's the goal all the time. You know, you see a lot of, like, um, derivatives, and, and, you know, things are born from change, like a lot of, like, just tweaks, and Mike's constantly trying to find that thing that just hasn't been done yet. What are some recent products you guys are like uh, uh, promoting here at NAMM, just to give people a sense of like what's new? So right now we have the Lizard Queen we just released yesterday in collaboration with Josh from uh, JHS Pedals. Um, also graphic designer Daniel Danger did the, the art on it. That's a really cool one we've been looking forward to dropping. It's had a really good reception as far as I can tell. Um, it's like an octave buzz, but um, it has a really cool story behind it. It was like a, a reimagining of you know, what it would be like to, to work for Electroharmonics in the 70s under Mike. Oh, you know, cool. talking about the history there. And so they built it with like this very like pure vintage design and everything down to the graphics. And uh, I don't know if it was ever meant to be released, but there was so much like, you know, positive reception from it that we ended up doing the collaboration with them. So that's a great one that we're really happy to like present. Also, we came out with the Slapback Echo, which is a reissue of an old one. So that's the thing like Mike, Electroharmonics, the company has such a rich history that there's so many things that have come and gone throughout the years that like, uh, you know, you bring back a, an old pedal people haven't seen in 30 years and they're like, whoa, you know, yeah, yeah. sometimes trends repeat themselves. Right. So it's kind of cool to have stuff like that. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, electroharmonics came onto my radar when I saw Reggie Watts do this crazy video, and I was just like, what? What are? Are there any other like just crazy use cases that you guys have seen uh, in recent years? Of like people using RFX? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, too many to account. Yeah, too many. Uh, yeah. A lot, because especially like the nine series and with the pitchforks and we make a lot of like I don't want to say weird pedals because it's like subjective, but like very unique pedals that do very unique things. And when you start to put those together, you can get like really crazy sounds. So. Uh, yeah, I would say especially like the 9 series. What that has done, I don't know if you're familiar. Like, no, no, tell us what it sounds like. So the 9 series was um, pedals that came out, I believe the first one was the Mel 9. And it was, um, and it's 9 presets that all emulate like a, a Mellotron, right? Then we came out with a B9, which is like, a, you know, an organ, and C9, a key 9, like a keyboard, a synth 9. And these presets are just phenomenal. Like, like the thing I always hear people say, and when you step it, step on one on your board during a show, everyone turns their head like, "Where did? What is that sound? Where did that just come from?" Like, there's a keyboard. It's all of a sudden, it's a really cool pedal. And like, you start to add them together with other effects, and it's fun being a guitarist. Like, I don't know how to play piano, <laughs> so it's really fun to get to pretend. Oh, that's that's super cool. So uh, when you come to Nam, uh, you're probably mostly here at the booth uh, talking to folks and so forth. Are there ideas that you're trying to capture, like to learn, to pick up on? Are there trends? Or are there any things that you're hoping to go out when you get a moment to go and check out as well yeah. on the innovative front? Oh, for sure. So I'm a guitarist through and through, so I'm a nerd. Yeah. And I'm very excited, yeah, to look around and see what everyone else is doing, like the other companies. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, obviously, you're going to be very busy, like you said, answering all these questions and talking to people. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of NAMI. You're seeing, like, the cutting edge of what's happening this year. What are people coming out with? And I think every company, like, in the, in the field, like, everyone kind of strives to push each other, right? It's constantly, you know, trying to build upon what we did last year. So, um, I mean, for us, I don't know. Man. I think we played by ear and, like... Uh, like I said, Mike's at the helm. Mike does his thing, and he's got his troops, and we're out here. So, so you personally, if you were going to go out right now at NAM and look for something for your own your own work, what would you be looking for? Would you look be looking for some new form factor? Would you be looking at effects and other pedals? Would you be looking at just really nice historic guitars? What what um, would you go look for as as an, in in your mind? Um, I know this doesn't sound like. Um, this isn't a, like a very creative answer, but it just be pedals probably through and through. Like I love pedals. I've seen so many booths I walked by and I'm like, I want to go check them out after. Uh, and guitars, like guitars and pedals and and um, I don't know, like I guess some weird stuff maybe, but like at my core, like I just love like uh, I'm just you know constantly looking for like that perfect like overdrive pedal or something. You know what I mean? Like every year companies release like different overdrives and stuff. I don't know anything pedals really. I guess pedals is the answer. <laughs> All right, we found our pedal freak, Daniel Murphy. Thanks so much for taking the time. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Hi, I'm Piotr Raczyński. I'm the founder of Polyand. Polyand? What's Polyand? Uh, that's just a random name. <laughs> no kidding, no. It's, uh, poly means, you know, it's very musical. Uh, but apart from the name, it's just a great adventure in my life and uh, all the other employees' life, I hope. Yeah. What, what are these devices we're looking at? Uh, those are the devices that allows you to make an albums, and one of each uh, is has a different capab capabilities and uh, features. But the recent one is the portable, so we say make an album on the go. So it looks like maybe the size of a Kindle, an Amazon Kindle. Oh, that's a perfect example. Some people say it's a Kindle 
for musicians because uh, it allows you to zone out from the outer world. It doesn't have any uh, disruptions like email, like Facebook. True. So you're just zoning in wherever you wish because it has built-in battery. It, it has built-in microphones so we can sample some field, make some field recording and just enjoy making music. Um, well, first off, let's say, let's just tell our listeners that you just won the NAM Best of Show. Congratulations. Yeah, we like to say we won the NAM. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's uh, very, very nice. Very, it's so awesome. It's humbling, very humbling. Yeah, I met you a couple days ago, and here you are, just a dude who's like, um, you know, shilling your, your Kindle music thingies, and now you're a winner. You know, uh, we are just some random blogs making cool products, and as a byproduct, we make some kind of business out of it and also win some awards, which is very, very nice. But uh, the, so main, the main focus is always the product, which, yeah. which we enjoy. So this Tracker Mini, no, we're doing an audio podcast. They can't see it. How do you describe what it looks like? Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? And Game Boy at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah, so it's got a little screen. It's the five-inch screen, and we wanted to uh, make the experience as nice and pleasant as possible. So we it came up from the big one, and the big one is like, uh, what is it, uh, A4 card? I don't know what's the American equivalent yeah, yeah. of Let it. Yeah, letter-sized paper. There, there you go, yeah. thank you. And so it had seven-inch screen, and the screen is like a huge part of it because uh, it allows you to see all the modules. It's very convenient, and you can go very fast with it. So while doing the smaller version, we wanted to maintain it maintain the fun of use of it and uh, didn't want to strip it down to very small small uh, screen so screen is main part of it like one almost half of it right yeah and the the down parts is uh, the buttons and it kind of resembles the Game Boy a little bit because yeah. you operate with it with thumbs you've got d-pad on the left and some pads on the on, on the right um, and surprisingly it's uh, sometimes even faster in some places to the in comparison to the original one which yeah. uh, which was just a little bit shocking for us would you would you would most people the first thing they think oh this is like a sequencer is that how they would describe it yeah well you can imagine a lot of features that allows you to make album right so you have to have sequencer sampler uh, some instruments some effects to it and uh, we also added thing to allow you to perform with it it's funny to have like big performance, a lot of sounds out of this kind of Game Boy-like device. Yeah. But yeah, it's totally possible. And yesterday, no, two days ago, we went to this show where two of our guys were making performance. And one was one had very big setup, like modular and you know loads of stuff in it. Was very stressful about the setup. And the other had just a tracker and was very like you know chill out and relaxed. And the sound of those out of those two setups where you know basically a lot of music so Same, that yeah, was yeah. that was funny to see that was a fun little party that, it was uh, great yeah yeah what did Ma i can't remember what they called it but it was uh, definitely one i'd look out for in future nams yeah martin isobutane was killing it like he was very it very sounded, good it sounded great yeah he was good oh that was him over there i see him <laughs> hi martin <laughs> cool so um how long have you been doing this and, and what kind of traction have you had with uh, maybe the original the, the tracker yeah we've been doing Trucker for a couple of years now and we've just released it prior to COVID so it was you know on one hand perfect timing for the users not the greatest time to be manufacturer yeah uh, so and and funny thing is that we started with the mini it was the initial device my dream was to have some kind of uh, tool that allows me to make music on the go but you know full music from the very beginning till the end and 
yeah, the, the this form factor came as the first one, but we had problems sourcing the battery and, you know, all the shenanigans with the chip shortages. Mm. So then we said, okay, let's go battery less, uh, like less portable, still portable, you can hook up the, the power bank to the original one, but let's go the safer way um, at, the, at the very beginning and uh, let's progress to the one that we always wanted to do later on. The cool f um, thing about it is that we managed to squeeze in more stuff into it, hardware-wise. We had more time, more time to test new uh, facilities, to test new platforms. So we upgraded a bunch of stuff, uh, and we did it on the feedback we got from from people. Like they said, "Hey, it would be great to have more memory. It would be great to have audio over USB. It would be great to have." Uh, stereo samples and so we said okay if we are if, if we have more time let's focus on upgrading not only the size and not only adding battery and microphone but also those features that are very wanted right so there's a microphone on the little one so in terms of getting samples you can do it directly from the device which is pretty it's pretty it's mobile. something it's something that sh shocks me actually because uh, you know it's just little small microphone that you have uh, you carry around in your pocket every day on your cell phone, right, yeah. or a smartphone. It's surprising that if you put such a thing to your device and you just add some samples that are recorded from the environment, it so much freshens up the the production you are doing. It's like I don't know. It's it's something that uh, shocked me that how fun it is to add some like clap or you know just sing to it and then make uh, granular synthesis out of your voice. Yeah, so it comes with an SD card with how many sounds in it? Uh, let me see. It's uh, over 50 sample packs. Each sample pack is 35, so you should do them off. Yeah, 1,800. <laughs> Gazillion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done. Yeah, yeah. And, and so there's that's already built into it. You can add more of those right. uh, uh, What's with USB or Bluetooth. Uh, it's USB, but yeah. you, you mainly do it via the SD card. But later, we're going to upgrade the system that will allow it to be recognized as a hard drive in your in your system, so it's going to be way, way yeah. easier. So you can just grab those things, you start moving them around in these crazy little t uh, t tables that you have inside the screen, you start tweaking them, adding effects, and then you start sequencing them and building songs. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And the fun part about the sample packs is they're like interchangeable, so you can load like trap or hip hop pack, start making music with this one, and because they're organized exactly the same way, you can decide maybe later that, okay, let's do hard techno vibe version, yeah. version on your hip hop kind of uh, uh, beats, rhythms. Yeah, rhythm, yeah. right? And, it, and then you got some surprising effects sometimes. So this is how, what, what I'm doing recently, like this is a very cool way of making surprisingly funny music. When you think about artists that are out there using the Polyand uh, tr Tracker or the Tracker Mini, yep. I guess the Tracker Mini is just new, what are some of the coolest stories that you've, you've found of, of uh, how it's operating out there in the wild? Um, I know that many people use trackers uh, back in the day, and one of the best things that ever happened to me was that Bogdan Raczynski, who is who coincidentally has exactly the same surname, but he's got, this guy is from different world. Uh -huh. uh, well, maybe we are related. He's uh, he's uh, he, he has heritage in Poland, uh -huh. but uh, he was very heavy tracker user and knew it. And so we met one day, and he's like my hero from the from you know my, my childhood. He's he's, he's making 
uh, music that was uh, also featured by Aphex Twin, like Ray Dancy. He made the remix with Björk. He's like a proper, proper artist. I love him. And um, we met, and he said, "Wow, this track resembles a lot what I was doing back in the day in the computer." And then he uh, made some small album, some short album with with that tracker, which sounds great. So it's like a dream come true that you know people like Bogdan Ruczynski could have done something great on our device. Nice. That's that's one of the legends picking it up, figuring out that you've got a new form factor for what they always loved about making music. Yeah, and it's also the funny factor is that it's just a you know simple sequencer and the sampler. But just because it's vertical, not horizontal, it makes you kind of think differently and make different music. So that's what I hear from a lot of people. Just because it's a little bit different, and the workflow is a little bit different than the typical DAW, like Ableton or Logic, it makes you create differently, which you know cool. sparkles some new ideas. Yeah, yeah, perfect, awesome. Well, Piotr, so great to hear that you got that award. Congrats oh, on winning you. Nam. Yeah, we and, won the Nam. Uh, let's go home. We should get somebody to come do a demo. Let's let's go get this set up. to too many cool people at NAMM to fit our interviews into just a few episodes. I'm really glad you were able to check out today's episode. We're going to be dropping more interviews and demos into upcoming episodes, so keep your ears open. Hey, mate, this is Wavy Wayne, and you're listening to Music Tectonics. All right, so uh, my name is Chris Weatherell, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Mixed. Uh, that's about it, really. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell us about Mix for somebody who's never worked with it before. What's uh, what's the uh, the short uh, the short description? So the short description is that we are um, audio we handle audio files online in a way that um, no other service before us has done, and a way that's specific for musicians. Um, right now, musicians have a problem; they want to uh, 
create music files, they have to share them, they have to do stuff with them, and the things that they can use um, to do anything with those files are very old. They're things like, um, I mean, great products, things like Dropbox or Google Drive, or but they're not made for musicians. And so the first time you want to play your song like from those storage things, yeah, it's a terrible experience. I'm seeing a lot of nodding around. <laughs> and so um, I wanted to help solve that. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it, it's funny. I'm currently re- recording an EP for myself. And of course, take a wild guess how we're sharing files and making comments on Dropbox. Of course, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it works because it has to. But <laughs> so to hear that there's a solution out there, I'm personally chomping at the bit, you know, and, and a lot of my friends are producers and and. Yeah, this is this is. So tell us what makes mixed music focused. Uh, so there's a bunch of features that are really specifically uh, for musicians. Um, the the first one, one I, I use now every day, is um, lyrics transcription. Where yeah, you upload a song. Again, I'm seeing a lot of nods around. <laughs> you upload a song you just recorded yourself. Uh, or a friend did or whatever and then uh, you just click a button on us and then it'll transcribe the lyrics it'll actually because we also have a lyrics editor it puts them in time with this song it actually immediately creates a lyric video all of these things wow, right at the earliest stage at the earliest stage when you're just looking at it you go okay great <laughs> um, uh, I also I don't know if, for producers out there um, I had this problem when I was helping somebody produce music um, I would have rappers come in, they would do fantastic songs, and then they would go, oh, and I'd go, I just so badly just want to know what they said. Please, somebody <laughs> give me a button. <laughs> uh, and Dropbox is not going to add that. So I thought, uh, I would. Right. No, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, because I, I can remember back in the, the, early day, the early days being like pre-2010, right? Like right, when yeah. There was, I would literally... In pre-production for everything, I'd have to write out the lyrics, right? Or oh ask an artist, hey, can you please write out your lyrics? Because when you're producing, it, it obviously it helps. So, no, that's great. Wow. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about the interface. What do you see when you open Mixed? Okay, so right away, when you what you see when you open Mixed is the stuff you just most recently listened to. Um, this is key. If you're working with something, you want some sense that um, you are probably continuing on in a task. Um, and so you'll see this list of recents that you can immediately open them up, uh, edit them, view them, play them, which is the more important part. Um, the playing experience um, is very much unlike those sort of office file things. They, there's a, you can make playlists. You can, um, you have visualizations. You have, uh, uh, you can edit the metadata that is necessary that you're for producing anything. Like all of these things, you have right at your fingertips. Oh, fantastic! So it's less seeing a discrete little box or a file folder icon and more that you're really seeing. Yeah, you'll see a bunch of other things that you want. Um, here's the thing. not I, I have to put this at the list of features for Mixed at the very end. I do all these things and I say, hey, it does all these cool things. And in the end, I say, there's there are folders, though. Okay, good. <laughs> if that's what you're used to and that's what you're into, yeah, there's folders. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what's behind this project. What drives you to make Mixed? Um, I, I've been a long time software engineer. I worked at uh, early Google, um, and I was lucky. I got to help make a product there called Google Reader, and then I, I remember Google Reader. Remember Google Reader? I love Google Reader. That was my twenty percent like, project. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow, that was like a golden age of really the of Web 2.0. You know, yeah. when it was like I want to take all this in and read it on my own speed, and like yeah. Yes, yeah. Now it's a it's a a, a horror. But in the <laughs> early days, <laughs> I loved reading the internet. <laughs> um, 
and I'm sad that it's no longer there. But I, I because I worked on uh, projects like that, and I was also I worked at uh, Twitter as the sort of consulting project lead for retweeting. Um, oh wow! My wow. apologies, and then also, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but because I had all these um, sort of um, significant software experiences, I thought it's time to um, apply these to. Um, my other life. Yeah, know, your music. passion. Everybody has these, like, especially in the tech industry, everyone has these second lives that they're yeah. all like, when I'm not sitting in front of a computer staring at it for 18 hours a day, I try to do something else. <laughs> and something else was music. And I thought it was time to apply it. So the thing that drove me was, I know how powerful all of these software tools can be. And none of that is reaching the musician layer. Like, the yeah. labels have this, sure. And, like... They have whole teams that can build fantastic software for them, but no one's going to do it for the DIY musician unless... Or, yeah, the independent. Yeah, yeah, unless they really specifically... We've had some advancement in this, like tools like Splice, tools like mm -hmm. DistroKid, mm -hmm. that are trying to bring it down, but there's not enough. And so I just wanted to be part of that help. That's the thing that drives me. Is I, that's awesome. I just have to remember what I was like as a musician go, all right, give me all of those Here magic tools. Here is a pain point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> instead of trying to like wedge your, what you're doing into one of these systems that is really for, I don't know, marketing or right. for, yeah, yeah. Or for uh, project management. <laughs> that's what every musician dreams of. <laughs> I, I, I wish this was, I wish all my tools were much more like a project management tool. <laughs> awesome. So what brings you to NAMM this year? What's, uh, what's up for So this NAMM? is uh, auspicious for us because uh, we've been working for a while, uh, but this is our launch day. Wow, congratulations. Uh, and, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm uh, very grateful for um, everybody who's been helping for, um, uh, you know, for Music Tectonics, for uh, uh, for Innovate here. It's been fantastic. So awesome. we're this is, we're announcing it. Wow. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, welcome to the to the Music Tech family. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. Can you tell us what's next for Mixed? Anything exciting you can you can leak about your product roadmap? A little bit. Yeah. Um, we've uh, we've added a bunch of um, AI features recently. That's like Ooh. I mentioned the lyrics transcription yeah. and whatever. Um, uh, but we are also adding more and. Um, We've got a good partnership coming up for even more stuff that you can do with your audio files. I, mean, I just realized I'm not at liberty to say. That, no, that's oh. I like I. I remember <laughs> you asked before. I completely forgot. But there'll be a partnership that's more of an AI partnership that we'll be announcing right. pretty soon. We will soon. be looking for that news. Absolutely. <laughs> where where can we find you? So we are uh, mixed is spelled M Y X T. So you just search that on Google. We're at mixed.com. We're on the App Store. We're on Google Play. Okay. Yeah, awesome. we're everywhere. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, guys. I'm literally going to download right. it today. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> that is, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm currently in process and looking for a solution. You're feeling that pain point we were talking exactly. about. Exactly. Fantastic. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll be your personal tech support. Just <laughs> send me an email. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Have Thank a great day. Thank you, guys. Thank you, right. Chris. All right. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know we do free monthly online events that you, our lovely podcast listeners, can join? Find out more at musictectonics.com. And while you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference and sign up for our newsletter to get updates. Everything we do explores the seismic shifts that shake up music and technology, the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. That's my favorite platform. Connect with me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it. We'll be back again next week, if not sooner. You're listening to Music Tectonics.